The Richmond Theatre Critics Circle. Curtain Call. A discussion of all things theatre with Richmond critics and occasional guests. Welcome to Curtain Call, Act 6, Scene 24. I'm Jerry Williams from Sifter. I'm Claire Boswell with Style Weekly. I'm Julinda Lewis with RVA Art Review. And Susie Hobbenstock with BroadwayWorld.com. And for our final Curtain Call of our sixth season, we're going to be talking about The Bottom Show, which is the second Quill Theater production at Agecroft. It'll be running through August 15th. This is comprised of scenes featuring the mechanicals, from A Midsummer Night's Dream as they prepare to stage Pyramus and Thisbe, along with there's a liberal edition of locally written asides and ad-libs to make it even more fun. So what'd y'all think? Well, I laughed my butt off. I think I embarrassed myself and I leapt to my feet when it was over. <laughs> yes, you did. Well, I was sitting behind you guys and I saw you doing that. And yes, it was hysterically funny. I mean, it was just what's needed for the summertime. Lots of broad physical gags and silly character stick. When you have that kind of stuff, you have to have a really strong cast that can handle that kind of broad silliness. And I think this cast really did. I think they were a very strong ensemble. Let me just jump right in with the musical part and Levi Mirovich. He was great. Do not give away the surprise of what song he did, because that's such a hilarious moment when you start recognizing that song. So don't give it away as somebody did in their review, Claire Boswell. I did too. Uh, I did too. Oh, did you? Oh, well. I think I mentioned it too. Did we all ruin something? All three of us mentioned it. Levi Mirovich's accordion rendition of Bad Romance was so wonderful. (laughs) That was what was so funny when it started. You're like, this sounds vaguely familiar. And then after a while, you're like, oh, my God, it's Lady Gaga on an accordion. <laughs> the other thing that he, that happened that I thought was another wonderful moment was when they were doing that kind of like barbershop four-part harmony that segued into the Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. Uh, yes, that was great. Yeah, I think all of the musical choices in the bottom show were just so much fun and really one of the big sources of comedy, too, I think, as we're saying right now. Speaking of some of the actors, Kurt Benjamin Smith, essentially in this, he's the lead. And it was kind of interesting because that character is kind of asinine and arrogant. And I thought he did a pretty good job of making that amusing and not obnoxious. Yeah, I thought he was really great. And I thought his take on bottom was fun and playful. And the the scene where he wants to play all the different characters, you kind of want him to. What balanced him out was Erica Hughes. She was wonderful. That great little Midwestern accent that she did. Yeah. And Mitchell Ash, I thought he did a nice job in some of his comic moments too, especially near the end when he got to die. I thought that was pretty hilarious. And Emily Berry did a great job as Puck, a very physical job, lots of tumbling acrobatics and just tons of spirit. Yeah, I really enjoyed Emily Berry as Puck. And I thought that Lucretia Marie as Oberon was one of my favorite versions of this character that I've seen so far. So grounding, such a stable presence, very strong. And let's talk about director James Ricks. His signature is always very clever stuff, clever comic bits. And I think he had a lot of those. He made the cast really strong. We don't actually know who wrote some of those asides. Or yes, we do. Yes, we do. Did they claim the credit for all of them? Because some of them just felt like right on the spot. James, Bo Wilson, and Bradley Carter. They're credited for the script. But we don't know if those actors threw some of those asides in themselves or if those were all in the script. I want to mention Lennon, who, who provided a lot of the instrumental, very also very clever accompaniment for the music. Just for those who don't know, in case you didn't hear our original curtain call on Twelfth Night. They're now staging these shows out behind Agecroft on the lawn. You sit in chairs and come out and have your dinner early if you want to. And then there's a stage there. 
kind of minimal set. Again, Cora Delbridge did the costumes. They were kind of an electric assemblage of all kind of brightly colored stuff. I didn't see any kind of thematic design. Did anybody? Well, I didn't think there were thematic designs, but then when Lucretia Marie came out in the white pantsuit, that uh, was the, yeah. the, the nod to the election. <laughs> and suffrage in general. And, and suffrage, yeah. And really fun choreography by Nicole Morris Anastasi. She got them all moving in very amusing way. Oh, yeah. So pretty much I think we're all saying, you know, broad comedy like this can be a challenge. But I thought this ensemble was full of lively energy and they did a great job and very clever fun. And it was just so well done. The timing and everything. Sometimes you can do it and it just feels as if they're trying too hard. But in this case, it was on point all the way from start to finish. All right. We've been talking about The Bottom Show, which is a Quill Theater production at Agecroft Hall through August 15th. I'm now talking with Joan and Chris Gavaller. Welcome to Curtain Call. Thank you very Thank much. You. you have the same last name. What is your relationship? We are siblings. Joan, you are directing, and Chris, you wrote The Zombie Life, which is the show opening at Firehouse on August 18th and running through the 29th. First of all, before we get into the play, how did y'all end up in Richmond? I think you're new here. Is that correct? We're actually more scattered than you might think. I live in Williamsburg and teach at the College of William and Mary in the theater, speech and dance department. And then Chris is the other way. Lexington, Virginia, I teach at W&L University in the um, English creative writing department. So I'm coming a little bit further away. So how did y'all discover Firehouse and our Joel, or did he discover y'all? In 2016, I was movement director, movement advisor for Maple and Vine, a a show at Firehouse. Well, what Joel is so, and Firehouse Theater broadly is so good at, is nurturing new work. Right. Then Chris came up with an idea. It started as the zombie monologues, as text, as not even imagining them performed. Working with Joan, who's so physically oriented, really, in my mind, a perfect combination because I'm coming from a very textural world where language is ink on paper, pixels on screens. And that's absolutely opposite of where Joan's coming from, which is perfect for this combination of um, this is a world premiere, but it's also um, a play that has been discovered through the rehearsal process, I think more than most plays are. So I've counted at least 10 movie reviews that I've done of zombies and, of course, seen the TV shows. So how is this zombie life going to be different from some of those things, other than the fact, obviously, it's on stage. I was very much responding to the ubiquity of, of pop cultural zombies. And I was, you know, they're everywhere, right? You know, I just sort of thought, okay, what would be, they apparently don't have an internal life, they're zombies, but it was, the premise began with, well, if they could speak, think about their current existence in contrast to the life they had before they turned into a zombie. So will there be zombies? There most definitely will be zombies. The process of directing this show is a process of finding the movement language in parallel to the text. So our zombies have, we hope, a different feel than the ones that are these stereotypes, if you will. So obviously, since it's a world premiere, you do have that luxury of reworking not only the text, but your approach as you go. Exactly. So since it's zombies, I just want to make sure our audience understands this. I'm assuming there won't be blood and gore and ripping out intestines. It's not that kind of show, correct? Correct. It's a soft and sensitive zombie approach as opposed to gore and blood. Yeah, that's true. They, you get to know their inner lives or lack of. And so it's, I would say it's... um. 
there's some things that are challenging about the, the play because it's um, emotionally difficult. I find it personally, and I wrote it. It's not because there's blood on the stage. There is no blood on the stage. And is it funny or is this kind of more dramatic? Yes. <laughs> I guess we'll have to come find it's, out. Won't it's we? got it's got its dark aspects, but honestly, when you embody a zombie, it tends to be amusing. So, as brother and sister, is this the first time you've collaborated? If not, how is that going? Do you ever get into sibling rivalries or anything? Bring up some of those old dramas from a childhood or anything, or is it, do y'all work pretty well together? This is not our first collaboration, um, but it's the deepest we've gone yet by far. Biggest. Yeah. yeah. Our mother died about three years ago, and I'm particularly bad about staying in touch with people unless I'm doing something active with them. So I came up with the idea of working on a play together as a way of staying connected to my sister. I think that's a relevant story because the play is about the necessity of human connection, even when it's painful connection. And I have to say that my immediate goal was achieved that Joan and I have um, become closer um, right. as a result of working on this play together. We're actually doing this interview on July 22nd, and the show doesn't open until August 18th. So they're kind of in preliminary stages, but this is our last curtain call of the season. So we wanted to get them in to talk about the show before it opened. Again, I've been talking with Joan and Chris Gavaller, who are the writer and director of The Zombie Life, which is going to be playing at Firehouse Theater from August 18th through 29th. Thank you both, and good luck with the show. We'll be there probably on opening night. Thank you. Look forward Great. to it. Great. Thank you so much. We're taking the month of August off, as does Open Source RVA, our host on WRIR. So we will be back with Season 7 in September. This is Jerry Williams from Sifter. This is Claire Boswell with Style Weekly. Julinda Lewis with RVA Art Review. Susie Hobbenstock with BroadwayWorld.com. See you in September. Oh, maybe we should all sing it together. See you in September. For extended podcasts and complete reviews, visit the Richmond Theatre Critics Circle website at artsies.org.